You're listening to Story Now, and today we are speaking with Dr. Esger Gorin, or as most people know him, Dr. G. A little gratitude will make your garden grow. A little gratitude is good for your soul. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Story Now. We are having a blast. Are we having a blast? I certainly think so. Yeah, I'm having fun. Yeah. I think it's so fun being able to meet so many different people and hear about their journey and learn from it. And everybody is so passionate about different things that I just love hearing about it and learning. Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite one so far? You have a favorite? This is going to be tough because I think... You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that this episode is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. With Dr. G. And here's why. Well, actually, before I get into it, what did you like about this episode with Dr. G? I think what really stands out to me about Dr. G and why I like making his content so much is he's just a guy who really knows what his why is. He can perfectly articulate why he does what he does. Which is vasectomies, by the way. Right. We have not we, talked, we haven't said we, that yeah, yet. We haven't said so, that yeah, yet. So yeah, he's a vasectomy doctor and he can perfectly articulate to you why he thinks that's really important. And so he's super passionate about it. Yeah. And I think there's a part in the podcast where you say to him like, like, hey, how are you so good at marketing? And basically his answer is, I don't know. And I think the answer is probably like, he's just so passionate yeah. about why he's doing what he's doing that yeah. all he has to do is tell people. And that is his marketing, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. And everything's so well thought out. Like he, you just look at his website and every, I, I think that's the hardest part about owning a business is writing the mission and writing out the steps, writing out the process, uh, why it's beneficial, why the product's beneficial. Right. And um, yeah, it's it's truly kind of an inspiration, which I, I think is kind of hilarious because I didn't think that I would be so inspired by a vasectomy business. Right. Totally, totally unrelated to what we're doing. Yeah. It's just worlds apart. Yeah, for sure. So I think um, what I really enjoyed was his sense of humor yeah, and how he uses that to start conversations. Mm -hmm. And we talk a little bit about that because he's incorporated some of that humor into his branding and it's just, it's just great. And he, he has a psychology background, which totally makes sense Mm -hmm. because he knows how to talk. He he just, he knows how to talk to people. Yeah. Well, and this is, you know, it's a, it's an area, it's a field, it's a topic that makes a lot of people uncomfortable Yeah, or maybe they don't fully understand. And so you have to have a way to break the ice and get people through that uncomfortable phase and get the conversation going. Yeah. So I think he does that with humor and I think he does it really well. We're so excited to share with you our conversation with Dr. G. So thanks for taking time out of your schedule. Oh my gosh, it's it's, it's fun to be here. I I love it. Yeah, this is so fun. Okay, so before we get into any of my Mm -hmm. business questions and life story questions, I have this clip. Are you familiar with the show The Office? I've I've I haven't watched it. You know, I know I know it's a remake from a British series. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
So there's this scene where Michael Scott, the boss, is having a little tiff with mm -hmm. his girlfriend. So I've always wanted to ask a vasectomy doctor about this scene. So I'm okay. going to pay you. I'm going to play you a 30 second clip, and I want I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay. I said that I wanted to have kids, and you said that you wanted me to have a vasectomy. What did I do? And then oh, when you said that you might want to have kids, and I wasn't so sure who had the vasectomy reversed. And then when you said you definitely didn't want to have kids, who had it reversed back? Stip, snap, stip, snap, stip, snap. <laughs> I did. You have no idea the physical toll the three vasectomies have on a person. <laughs> So, so I've seen the I've seen the gif yeah of the snip snap snip yeah, snap yeah yeah but I've never seen the entire clip okay uh, to to understand the context of that and it truly I thought it was like yeah it was something else and they were using the snip snap snip snap <laughs> to make a reference to vasectomy is actually entirely related to vasectomy yeah so is a is a vasectomy reversible it is it is a vasectomy can be reversed but actually he's not he's not that far from 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 uh, reality. Uh, because there's a lot of stuff that happens after after a reversal. Obviously, a vasectomy, it's an in and out procedure. You 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 basically it's a destructive procedure because you you just cut the the vas deferens and that's it, and then you leave it alone, and then the patient heals. But when you have to put it together, that's a microsurgical procedure, right? And and then so you have to reconnect everything. So it's a constructive, it's a reconstructive procedure. And and in the clip, you know, the guy says, "Well, I've." You know what the toll is of yeah. the, the toll is in on a, a, a man when you have it a vasectomy done three times. Well, you know, just having two reversals would be a horrible thing, and not just for the patient, for the surgeon too, because it's just a very it, it gets much more complicated. Sure, because sure. of scar tissue. That's hilarious. That's, okay, that's and now I understand why. Yeah. yeah. Well, would you be offended if I titled this episode of the podcast "Snip Snap"? Oh, snip, absolutely snip? not! Absolutely <laughs> not! It's just terrific. I I think it's fun. You know, I welcome I welcome any kind of um, any kind of reference to to vasectomies as long as those those references are not um, references that 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 put patients off a little bit. Sure. When it no, comes to that, yeah. when it when it comes to you know making fun of it, uh, highlighting that, you know. Uh, the procedure, I I think is terrific. You know, I I've said it with, uh, I've said it many times before. So no, it's totally fine. Yes, well, and that makes me think of some of your amazing marketing materials. But I will get to that later mm -hmm. in in the conversation. The first thing I was curious about is, um, you're a doctor and you made a tra uh, transition into focusing solely on vasectomies. Can you walk me through sort of your medical journey and why the focus on this one thing. So uh, it is very interesting because uh, <laughs> I started I started in medical school um, absolutely uh, crazy no no pun intended about psychiatry. So okay. I wanted I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Um, I I became a, a doctor because nobody in my family was a doctor, and I just wanted to. To help, you know, I, I know it sounds uh, very um, like traditional what people would say, but it's it truly was what I wanted to do. And I fell in love with psychiatry, with the behavior of people, with with the with how how people would conduct themselves. And psychiatry seemed very interesting. But 
Um, in Colombia, my country, after you medic finish medical school, you have to work for the government in the middle of the in middle of nowhere uh, for a year. So I did that, and in this in this town that was in the middle of the Andes in South America, I had to do a little bit of everything. So I, I took care of pregnancies, I took care of old people, children, wounded people. I mean everything for a whole year, and it was a life changing experience. After after wanting to do psychiatry. Uh, so much. Uh, eventually, I I came to the states because uh, the person who ended up being my wife, uh, I met her there at that town. She was fulfilling a similar requirement as a microbiologist. She came to Maryland to do training in in uh, immunology, immunology and and um, infectious diseases. Uh, we're talking about two thousand and three, two thousand two, mm. two thousand three. That was just right after nine eleven. There was a ton of money on bioterrorism, so she came to work there. So I came to stay with her there in in uh, what seemed to have been a, a, something for us to go back to Colombia, ended up being a, a permanent a permanent uh, deal, which was staying here. And then I started thinking about what I wanted to do, and that experience in Colombia changed me. Uh, so I thought I I learned about this thing called family medicine. And here and I thought, oh, that's terrific. And and because of my experience in that town, I really wanted to work with pregnant women and children. I I deliver uh, about fifty five fifty five pregnant patients during that year. And uh, just remember, I was just fresh out of medical school, yeah. fresh out of medical school in 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 a town of twenty five hundred people, doing everything by myself. So it was really really shocking to have that experience. The responsibility was huge. So I wanted to do that. Um, but you know, I didn't want to do just pregnancies. I didn't want to do just pediatrics. So I wanted to do, uh, I, I learned that with family medicine, I could do it. So I went through the training and still I needed, I felt like I needed to have more training in, in maternal and child health. And that's why after I did my residency in Baltimore, I went to, um, Rhode Island and at Brown university, I did two more years of maternal and child health. During all that time, I'm seeing uh, the effects of pregnancy, you know, the effects of, of reproduction or how reproductive care was assumed or put on, on the shoulders of women. And, um, and, and I understood very early in my training that women have to carry that burden um, unfairly. Um, and, and I had seen since I was in medical school that a vasectomy was such a such a tiny little thing that was that has had a tiny little procedure that had a major public health impact in terms of reproduction, and I was very then interested on in learning about that. I said, "Well, now that I'm getting my training in residency, I wanna I wanna learn about doing this." So uh, we do have a rotation in urology. Uh, urologists are naturally the the specialist called to do this kind of stuff uh, of vasectomy because obviously they work in the genital urinary system mm -hmm. but vasectomies are done in the rest of the world mostly by family physicians actually and general practitioners in the u.s that are uh general surgeons some very very few gynecologists do vasectomies and and some family doctors so during my rotation i asked the urologist i was rotating with to to teach me and he said no and he said no because i was a family doctor and that was that was shocking to me. I was very interested on in that. I still had my biggest interest was maternal and child health. 
So I went through the whole process of residency and then fellowship. And in fellowship, I went to my program director and I said, I want to learn how to do vasectomies. And she said, well, you're doing obstetrics. And I said, yeah, but this is a public health issue. And she sent me to talk to the urologist at, at Brown. And, and I said, they're not going to teach me. I need you to help me. So I didn't get that. So it wasn't until after I finished my residency and fellowship training that I met uh, someone who was willing to train me. It wow. was a, a urologist. And I got that training finally then. Um, but it was something else I was doing. You know, I, I, I felt that that was something that I needed to keep in my arsenal of procedures, so to speak, because it was something that would help those young families, those mm -hmm. women, uh, in terms of, of reproductive equity and equality. Uh, but then after uh, about 12 years consistently of working doing maternal child health, uh, I, I ended up leaving all that behind and the sleep deprivation associated with that uh, to work uh, solely and dedicatedly to uh, the performance of vasectomies. And that is because, not only because of the work that I've done overseas with uh, a couple of uh, nonprofit organizations, but also because of the experiences that I had working in obstetrics. They were not bad experiences, but... Uh, I had a front, uh, first, uh, a front row view of what women go through. And mm -hmm. that's what made me think, oh, this, is, this is not enough. What I'm doing is not enough. I need to have more social projection. Right. So how did you make that leap into the, the business? Because one of the things that I've noticed about working with you and producing the content for your social media channels and, and all of that, you're, you are very laser focused in the business approach of it with the branding, the message, the mission. How did you, how did you uh, take the mission, I guess, and turn it into a brand and turn it into a business? Well, I, I don't know. I think, it was a, I think it was a matter of passion. I think it was uh, uh, it, it, the, the reason for me to be so focused on that is because I am really passionate about what I'm doing. I was extremely passionate about my work with with pregnant women, children, young families. Uh, but but what brought me into just doing vasectomies full time uh, has been fueled by so much passion that that's probably what's making it easier. I want to convey, I have a very specific message that I want to convey. I have a very specific uh, mission that I gave myself to fulfill. And I think that makes it easier. I needed to generate, uh, I felt at a certain point that I needed to generate uh, a specific identity to be able to talk about a vasectomy. Uh, because to me, just saying a vasectomy, a vasectomy, a vasectomy, it's just such a generic thing. It's, it's like going out and talking about an appendix. Mm. It's not the same thing to talk about an appendix or taking out an appendix than talking about a particular surgeon who does a, 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 an appendix in a certain way mm -hmm. because the message is received differently. I didn't want to have this message as received as a, as a generic one. And, and, and just to be clear, I never thought about the business aspect of it. It kind of like the business aspect of this found me while I was pushing for my passion. 
So that's, it's not that I was thinking about, oh, let's just, let's just make a business where people come and look for me to do vasectomies. No, it's like, I love doing this. I love what I get out of this mm-hmm. personally and professionally. And all of a sudden I saw that, you know, it, it, it allowed me to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that really stands out to me is you love this mission so much that you created a mobile vasectomy <laughs> unit. That's I don't right. know. If, I don't know if that's the right way to, yes, s- it to is. say it. So that way, you can go to different parts of the country. You could actually go to Mexico if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about the creation of that vehicle and um, and sort of what what your mission is with that particular? So proselytism. Uh, that is the word, you know, talking about it, talking about uh, um, vasectomies, uh, putting it out there. That has been the mission. Uh, in, and uh, the mobile vasectomy clinic is nothing but what it is, a vehicle, but it's a vehicle of that proselytism, of, of promoting uh, the vasectomies. So in 2015, uh, we were in Mexico celebrating World Vasectomy Day with that nonprofit organization, and uh, we did a ton of vasectomies there. And one of the things that was super exciting for me was that the Secretary of Health allowed us to use uh, mobile clinics that they have to go to rural communities. And in, in a very central uh, area of Mexico City, we did in one day 130 vasectomies from people, you know, on people from off, off the street, you know, they were coming and they would just fill out a bunch of paperwork and talk to the social workers and all that and go through a process that we had set up and get into a mobile unit and I would do the vasectomy there. I was not the only one. I mean, we had some colleagues doing that and I thought it was a fabulous thing. I thought that was terrific. When I was in Colombia doing my um, mandatory social service after medical school, I used to go every, every two weeks, I would go um, and, and see patients in the middle of the mountains because this town where I worked was 2,500 people in the town and 2,500 scattered throughout the mountains and, and ride a donkey for three hours or drive a Jeep for an hour and a half and see patients all day. Like I would see 60, 70 patients in one day. And I love doing stuff like that. So it was a wonderful experience in Mexico to be able to move around and, and give a service and provide such a wonderful service. So when I came back, I started thinking, well, this is, this is great. I mean, that, that experience is great. And in fact, the nonprofit had done it already in Indonesia when they did uh, World Vasectomy Day there. And when you look at the literature in Nepal, mobile clinics have been very, very helpful in, in the promotion of reproductive services, like placing an IUD, doing vasectomies, the uptake of those services is higher when you use a mobile unit. So when I came back, I said, oh, this is a great idea. What if we use this here? I said, well, we, we don't need a mobile unit because we need to reach to faraway communities uh, with, with vasectomies because we can find people doing vasectomies everywhere, but we can use it as a way to show and normalize vasectomies Mm -hmm. so that people talk about the vasectomies the way they have not talked about it before. So my wife bought into the crazy idea because it all came out of our pocket and and we built it. We built basically an office on wheels that we can have around the state once a month and do vasectomies. That's not the main 
place where I do vasectomies. I, I do my vasectomies mostly in my offices, but it's, it's I guess, is the, the flagship of my activism sure. locally. That's how yeah. we call it. Yeah, and you just took it to New York. Do you want to talk about your trip a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so we went for the celebration of World Vasectomy Day. This is the ninth year the organization called World Vasectomy Day uh, has done a celebration. We go every year to country, deploy a team of filmmakers. Uh, they make movies around uh, the, ta- uh, around the, the country about uh, male participation in reproduction. And then in the last week or so, uh, a team of uh, surgeons... Uh, get there and do vasectomies or do vasectomies with the local surgeons as well. So that's what we did in Mexico. We've been in Indonesia and Kenya, Rwanda, many countries. So because of the pandemic, we haven't done anything for a year and we had never done anything in the U.S. You know, that was sizable. So we had built the clinic and, and we said, what if we travel? What if we go from the heartland to the Big Apple? Literally. Um, and, and we did it. So we, we went from uh, Des Moines over six days, Des Moines, Kansas City, St. Louis, Indianapolis, uh, Pittsburgh, um, uh, Philadelphia, New York. So we, we did vasectomies for free in St. Louis. We, I taught at a medical school in, in Pittsburgh at University of Pittsburgh Medical Center at a residency program. Uh, went to a... a Pittsburgh Steelers game. Nice. And parked the, the trailer out there. That's so great. there's a lot of pictures. And then we ended up in New York where we spent about four days. So we were in Times Square, Union Square, um, Prospect Park in Brooklyn. It was just, it was great. So we did that. So we drove about 3,000 miles. Wow. That's amazing. Well, and you were showing me some of the pictures from New York and that that seemed like a pretty cool, and, and you guys were actually out on top of it. Yes, yes. So one of uh, actually the the guy you saw in the picture with me uh, that is in the in the Washington Post uh, article, uh, he's my mentor. He's the guy I learned uh, vasectomies from. He he's a urologist uh, out of Tampa, who for the past twenty one years has done nothing but vasectomies. That's it. Wow. He stopped doing taking care of prostate cancer and all the other stuff just to dedicate himself to the the performance of vasectomies. And he's awfully passionate about it. So we were both, he, he, I, I got on top of the, of the trailer cause I, I needed to hang something and then he saw me doing that. And then he, next thing I see, he's next, next to me with this signs that say, uh, vasectomy here is like, let's just wave these in the air. And then we started doing that. And, and I really didn't think that you could shock people in New York because, yeah. you know, you see in Times Square, you see the, the, the naked cowboy, right? This guy oh, in, sure. in, like, in like very tiny shorts and a cowboy hat just singing in the middle of winter. And it's like, yeah, people that don't care about it. But, and I said, well, I don't think we're going to shock anyone with this. And no, people were stopping. I mean, taxi, there was a taxi driver who stopped in the middle of the street in 42nd and just got out of his car and started talking to us about vasectomies and asking questions and making jokes and having fun and people were taking pictures and it was fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, and it it reminds me of this, um, the time where we were making a promotional video for you and you said, I want to get a shot of the mobile vasectomy clinic going into a city. And so you drove us out uh, to the edge of Cedar Rapids. That was the shot. And we set up the drone. But while we're driving um, to the, the spot where we're going to get out and kind of set up the drone and stuff, um, we're riding with you and people are honking at us. 
And I was like, I, this is so confusing to me because, you know, it's well-branded, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I was confused. I'm like, he's not driving bad. So yes. why, why are people ha- honking? And then when we were setting up the drone and you pulled, you were pulling away, that's when I realized that the back of your truck says honk if you got a vasectomy. That's right. That's right. I developed a, what I call the, the honk meter, <laughs> you know, because when I'm driving, when I'm driving around the state, uh, you know, it's a big sign that says in the back of the, in, in the back of the trailer, it says, the medical trailer says honk if you, if you had a vasectomy or if you've had your vasectomy now, that's what it says. Uh, and people honk when I'm driving around the state. Uh, I get more excited the more the more people honk. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I I measure the 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 number of vasectomy vasectomy patients that are on the road based on the number of honks that I hear. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, and it's so interesting too because I feel like you've tapped into this way of mixing humor with your mission and it seems like the humor part of it is what sort of opens up people to hearing the educational part of it has that been your experience that is that is correct so so it's it's difficult because this is such a such a um, sensitive topic so i have to be very careful with what i say so but instead of making the jokes myself you know i make it light you know the the approach to, to the vasectomies but instead of making the jokes necessarily myself I simply open up to other people making the jokes and and being okay with that. You know, we yeah. had an article in St. Louis. There was a newspaper in St. Louis for our trip to to New York when we were driving by, and it was a nice piece. Uh, and the and the journalist wrote something that said at the end, just to conclude it, uh, it's just like a taco truck for your balls. <laughs> <laughs> when when talking about the mobile clinic, right? Uh, and I thought yeah. it was fantastic. I was fen- it was phenomenal. Oh the, my god! The, the article was extremely well written. It was a nice thing. It, it was it was a criticism of the lack of participation of men. But at the end of at, at the end of the article, it made it so light, you know, much lighter, just by saying something like that. And yeah. I welcome that. I mean, I was I, I thought it was I thought it was phenomenal. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, Are you going to add that to your branding well, I now? I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a part. You, you have to you have to keep it right. very professional. You don't want. You don't want it to to look like you know this is, you know, it, it, you you want to keep it lighthearted, but um, y- you want to keep it as serious as you can because at the end of the day, you know, it's a matter of public health. But but yeah, uh, opening up to a discussion that is lighthearted like that it makes people more comfortable because right. one of the reasons why men don't talk about it is because they just feel uncomfortable about that area. Sure, that totally makes sense. Well, and one of the things that is so fascinating to me. And the only reason I know this is because I get to talk to you behind the scenes, but there's such a, there's more to just the procedure. There's what happens after that and the educational process of that. Do you want to elaborate on that, that it's not just the procedure and then. So, so one of the things that we need to make sure, um, men who get a vasectomy understand is that yes, it's it's a great thing that uh, those of us who have gotten a vasectomy uh, participate, that we're doing something in reproductive health, that we are not just uh, spectators and having fun making babies. Uh, but what we need to we need need them to understand is that having a vasectomy is not it. You know, and, and that 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 cannot be the perception that, oh, yeah, I got my vasectomy. That's all I did. You know, look, I participated. No, 
No, but getting a vasectomy is nothing but a manifestation of, of love. It's a manifestation of love towards your partner, towards your children, towards yourself, towards the environment even. But that's not all you're going to do. And I make sure that patients have that clear when I see them. I make them uh, aware of the fact that they're, they're, what they're doing is an expression of love, but that they have to look into inside themselves to see what else they should be doing to continue to have those expressions of love towards the people they're manifesting their love to at mm-hmm. that point. Because if we, if we make it look like, oh, yeah, uh, the vasectomy is the top. That's all you're going to do. That's, that's it. That's gonna, we're going to be doing a disservice to the procedure. We're going to, you're going to be very, we're going to end up being more unfair to women mm-hmm. when what we're trying to do is completely the opposite. The, the, doing more vasectomies compared to tubal ligations is a matter of equity and equality. And if we say, well, man, that's, that's all you need to do, right? At least do that and, and that's it then we're going to continue to promote that inequality and, and lack of equity because we're telling men that uh, they should feel happy that they, at least they did a vasectomy. No, no, a vasectomy is a good step. It's mm-hmm. a nice thing to do, but that's not all you're going to have to do. You need to do more things to continue to show that you care and can, can you continue to manif- manifest that, that love. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, again, something that I find very interesting, even in your educational materials that you produce, is you're not just talking about the procedure, but you do put a lot of emphasis on the relationship of the family. And so that's what I I find so fascinating about the content and the content that you're going to continue to write is the, the focus on the relationships and then the procedure is almost a byproduct of the conversations that families should be having. It's, it's, I, I would see, I, w- I would think that is more an excuse for me to have those conversations rather. The, the procedure, it's an excuse for me to get in the lives of people and have that conversation. And the reason why I see it that way is because of the vulnerability of the patient at the time of the procedure. A similar thing happened to me when I was taking care of pregnancies, particularly when I used to take care of pregnancies at a very young age, adolescent pregnancies. An adolescent is extremely vulnerable for many reasons, and particularly during pregnancy, they're more vulnerable. So if you have a, 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 the, a, a very adequate approach to how to manage that pregnancy, you can, you can help that patient tremendously. So when, you're, when I do a vasectomy because of, of how vulnerable the patient feels, you know, because of the area of, of his body where I'm working, then it, it allows me to enter the life of that person in, 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 a, in a spectacular way. So it's a terrific excuse for me to explore all the things. Mm-hmm. I've seen patients in the office, and this is all I'm doing, but I've seen patients in the office who have ended up going to the psychiatrist after they came for a, for a vasectomy because we ended up having a conversation about their relationship with their partner mm-hmm. and, and how uh, probably their relationship is not adequate because they've been experiencing depression. So, yeah. so things like that are actually the byproduct of that excuse that I have to get into their lives because they're the vulnerability of the moment, right? Yeah. There are patients clearly that would come and go. It's like, yeah, I'm here because I don't want to get my wife pregnant anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they leave. Uh, but even in those cases, I try to make them realize what they're doing. Because I say, well, yes, you're doing this for that reason, but your wife could have gotten a tubal ligation, so why are you doing this? Oh, because it's easier. 
I'm like, do you understand what that means? What do you mean? Yeah. What that means is that you care. Mm -hmm. How else are you showing your wife that you care? Yeah. And that, that single phrase right there would just be drilling in their brain when they leave the office. We'll just stay there and, and, and hopefully, I, I, I really hope, uh, we'll make a difference uh, later. Yeah. So it's, it's just about, it's about having an opportunity to, to, to discuss about family dynamics. And let's just remember that family, it's a, it's a multi, it's a, it's a, there's a plurality in the definition of family nowadays because it's not a family of a man and a woman and children. So family is a man by himself, is a woman by herself with children. It's it's two men, it's two women, it's is a it's a man and a child, it's a woman and a child. I mean, there are so multiple definitions of family nowadays, but the dynamics are are there mm-hmm. and, and we need to be able to to help a little bit. I guess it's the the the, the family doctor within that yeah. makes me makes me do that. Yeah. So looking forward into the future, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to? Are what's on the horizon for for you? In the horizon for me, well, I, I continue to pro- provide the, the vasectomies in the state. You know, I I, I want more people to do vasectomies. Um, the, the the more the better. Uh, it's <laughs> not that it's not that I I would be offended if I have more people doing vasectomies and feel like oh it's my competition. I really don't feel that's the case. Obviously, I would love to do more vasectomies and and concentrate the vasectomies uh, in my practice because I think that people like the idea of listening to a guy who plays a, a guitar song a, a thousand times in a month than a guy who plays a thousand songs in a month. Mm. You know, because they probably will be more more skilled, right? Um, but if if more people do vasectomies, it's going to be great. My real competition is tubal ligations. I mm-hmm. want to flip the relationship between tubal ligations and vasectomies. There are countries where the the the, the relationship has a huge gap that shows that that shows clearly how men are not participating. Countries in South America where for every vasectomy that you do that are 30 tubal ligations. That only tells me that, that men are just absent pretty much. In the U.S., the problem is not that much. I mean, for every vasectomy that we do that are two or three tubal ligations, that's not bad, but it could be better. Sure. Quebec City in Canada, for every tubal ligation, there are eight vasectomies. Wow. So we can do that, and, and I think we can flip that. And I think that locally... Uh, at least in the state of Iowa, we can accomplish that. It's really difficult to collect the data because tubal ligations need to be reported because they're, they happen in an OR. Sure. So you can collect all that information. But vasectomies don't. I mean, you, I do them in the office, so it's really difficult to, to, to see exactly the number of vasectomies that you do. We have, we have some data, but I think we can actually increase the numbers so that we can flip a little bit that relationship. That's what I see as, as a long-term goal for me. Yeah. In, in working with the nonprofits, our goal is to start creating clinics exactly the way I practice, exactly the way I have my clinic, uh, self-sufficient, where you don't need a whole lot of people in other countries. And we started actually already in Mexico uh, with one of the surgeons that has traveled with us uh, we started creating uh, what we are going to call what we're calling world vasectomy clinic, uh, uh, kind of like a clinical arm 
to World Vasectomy Day. And the idea is to replicate that same model of clinics from Mexico all the way down to Argentina. And uh, we have the, the domains already for all the websites. We started creating the websites for all these places. Uh, and we have, we have on the works uh, creating a similar clinic in New York City uh, so we can have a dedicated clinic for, for, for World Vasectomy Day that is, you know, in New York City. Um, yeah, so it's, it's more social projection. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you have a lot going on. How do you handle the work-life balance of all of it? Because of my wife. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. So it's because, you know, a lot of the things that I've been able to do have been because of her. It, without her support, it this all the stuff that I've been able to do, I have I wouldn't have been able to accomplish it. Um, now it makes it, it she makes it even easier because now she's working with. Uh, I mean, because I'm dedicated to this only, she's working with me in the office. She she helps me with everything, and and now she has become an important part of the nonprofit as well. So she's she's coordinating so many activities with World Vasectomy Day. That basically I have to, well, she has to deal with me all the time now. So, so yeah, <laughs> she, she helps me a lot with that. And, and now not, not having the sleep deprivation of, of obstetrics, the practice of obstetrics allows me to spend more time at home too, yeah. which, uh, you know, helps create that balance better. Yeah. That's great. So with just the side of your family, um, your kids, they understand what you do, do does it does it ever come up at school oh that- absolutely 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 you know one of the reasons why i do what i do too is because i'm biased i have two daughters so what i want to leave behind is is a society where where, where reproductive equity and equality is is it, you can touch that and um they know so they know clearly what i'm doing um my daughter my my older one uh She's in high school and she loves, I've had to take her a couple of times to, to school in the morning when I'm about to leave for, for Sioux City or Waterloo with the mobile clinic. So I'm howling this clinic, this 10,000 pound clinic that says vasectomy and has sperm uh, drawn all over the place or the That's front right. of her high That's school. Right. And, and she loves it actually. She has no problem with that. Um, ever since we came back from from New York, uh, uh, the truck that I use the, the to haul the the trailer has a big sign that says World Vasectomy Day in each side, mm-hmm. and it says one side says time to be responsible, and then the other side says love with respect. In and I I just I forget that that stuff is on the truck, and I just drive around, and then people look at me, take pictures of the truck, and yeah. my daughters love it. That's hilarious. So, no, no, they they are they're. They're very empowered. They're they're empowered little women who are growing ideally to be, you know, very strong and empowered women. So so they are completely aware of this. Oh, they talk about it all the time. That's that's so awesome. Yeah. I, I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking time with us today. And I can't wait to see all of the things that you're gonna do and all of these people that you're going to reach. So, Oh, John, I, I, I'm really uh, grateful that, that you had me here today. I, uh, I have to say that I'm a big fan of what you've done so far for me. So uh, I can only think that, you know, what, what we're going to be working on is, is just going to 
reach out to people and and create the the effect that I want to create, which yeah. is uh, you know uh, an educational an educational effect. You know, that teach people. Thank you very much for having me here today. Yeah, thank you. All right, man. Thank you so much for tuning into the Story Now podcast. Before we go, we just wanted to give a special thanks to Justin Goodchild, who wrote and performed the song that you are hearing now. If you have ideas for guests or people that would be a great interview, we would love to hear from you. Visit our website at storylinemultimedia.com slash contact and send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to like and follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our other content on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Gratitude is good.